Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, August 27th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. An absolutely packed show for you today. 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wolfong is here, and he'll be followed up by Dane Brugler, NFL Draft Expert Extraordinaire for The Athletic. The best way to consume this show is with your podcast app. You just subscribe. For example, if you're someone like my friend Doug, who was almost 50 years old and still didn't know how to use a podcast app, now you can enjoy the dulcet tones of the Bucknuts Morning 5 every morning. We need you to do so. And then we need you to go give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps the cause. This is going to be a big day on the Ohio State recruiting front, possibly. So who better to discuss it with than 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Bringing, bringing the nasally tone from the Indianapolis suburb to the Bucknut Morning 5 and also bringing 78-degree weather with a little cloud down I-70 through Dayton en route to Columbus. Hope everyone is doing well. Given the events scheduled today, I think you're also going to bring some good news. Yes, Ohio State lost to Misi Adelaide, the defensive lineman who flipped and went to Alabama. Recently, we had heard of a new name that had bubbled up, Tyreek Williams from Stonewall Jackson High School, formerly known as Stonewall Jackson High School, now known as Unity Reed High School in Manassas, Virginia. You know the school because Sean Murphy, class of 2022 linebacker, is a major target. You were the one leading the charge on reporting the Tyreek Williams situation. Bring us completely up to speed. Yeah, I like the Buckeyes going into today's announcement for Tyreek Williams, the top two forward defensive lineman from the state of Virginia. Uh, I think things picked up rather quickly uh, here between the two parties. Obviously, Ohio State, the position became uh, more of a need for them this cycle uh, when they lost one in, in their class. And Tyleek Williams is a prospect that's always had Ohio State on his list. The Buckeyes made the top six alongside Alabama, Virginia Tech, and, and, and some others. And it's a, a region in the country where Ohio State's had a lot of success. Uh, the stage at Ohio State, the potential uh, uh, to be developed uh, uh, at a position where, uh, you know, obviously Ohio State's developed it as well as anybody in college football, uh, I think are attractive to him. And then when you flip it over, you look at Tyleek Williams, he's six foot four, 320 pounds, um, with some athleticism to him, some quickness, some twitch, uh, uh, uses his hands well, he's disruptive against the run. Uh, we see him play on the interior, we see him play on the edge. We see him getting his long arms in the passing lanes. We see him blocking kicks on special teams. Uh, I think that he's a guy that has a, has some potential once he gets into Ohio State strength and conditioning program under Mickey Marotti and then obviously playing for a guy like Larry Johnson. Uh, um, th- this is a guy that's ranked in the top 247, and you feel better about that ranking with him choosing a school like Ohio State. How will this affect the recruiting rankings? I know Alabama just passed Ohio State. Will this put them back on top? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. I haven't used the class calculator. You guys are able to do so, but it's pretty tight at the top. So adding a top 247 recruit, I think, would be the difference in putting the Buckeyes back into the lead. In a more general sense, now that it appears everybody but Ohio State's going to play football, and yes, I'm exaggerating, are you getting the sense that's going to affect anything on the recruiting trail, or are we still too new in the process? I think that... It's all speculation right now, but that the, the teams playing do obviously have an opportunity to showcase what they're doing and get some momentum in that regard. 
maybe it'll hurt some teams that are playing too that are pitching how they were going to have great years and all of a sudden they're not but uh, I, I think if you're Ohio State you're pretty uh, um, immune to anything regarding the new landscape of college football because of the success you've had on the field because of the because of the success you've had in the NFL draft and then just because Ohio State staff from top to bottom does a great job with relationships that they're going to be more immune than other schools not playing. But yeah, if you're a mid-level power five program not playing um, where you can't say, hey, we have a need or, or you're not relevant, you're not getting any TV time at all. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that favors the mid-level power five schools that are playing that will be on TV and we'll have a chance to showcase some guys that are all conference players in their league and guys that are potential draft picks. So, um, uh, yeah, I think if you're playing, you, you have an edge, uh, but like I led off with, and I know people that listen hate when I say this, but I don't act like I know the answer to everything. Like some people that like to get on shows and talk things, uh, I'm speculating a little cause we don't know it is, we are in a new, a new, uh, um, environment here should be another yin-yang day here in Buckeye land. They're expected to add a defensive lineman to a team that won't be playing football this fall. We appreciate Steve stopping by. We'll be right back after commercial break with Dane Brugler. Appreciate y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As promised, Bucknutters, we are joined by Dane Brugler, NFL draft expert extraordinaire from The Athletic. Dane has been on the show many times, but never under such interesting conditions. Dane, how goes it? Yeah, well, you know, we were talking just a few minutes ago how this is just, it's, it's tough right now. And the, the thought of this fall without Big Ten football, without Ohio State football, that's tough. And I, look, I'm, I live in Ohio now. Uh, I grew up in Ohio. I mean, Ohio State was, uh, that was what you did on Saturdays. Uh, it, you know, if you weren't tailgating and at the game, you were watching it at home. And that was the conversation during the week. And so to not have that this fall, just it, it, it's, uh, it's tough. But, you know, for me, just for my own purposes, what I've been clinging to is the fact that there will be a draft. And, you know, me, covering the draft, the draft's my passion, scouting and all that, knowing that there will be a draft is a small glimmer of hope at the end of the tunnel. But still, it's going to be a long way till we get there. And it's, it's going to be tough. But, you know, Ohio State has plenty of really good, talented players we're talking about. Have you been able to get your mind around yet the concept that the SEC, et cetera, will be playing and Ohio State will be on the sidelines? I, I mean, I can't even fathom that. Yeah, it's – it's tough, and obviously we'll see how everything plays out. Uh, if the SEC, ACC, Big 12, if they're able to play a full season or will it get interrupted, um, how things will play out. Um, you know, I, the decision is – I mean, first of all, regardless if you agree or not with the decision, I mean, the way the Big Ten has handled it has been abysmal. Um, you know, Kevin Warren and 
his staff have just, they have done an abysmal job at communicating, at being transparent, and it just has been a disaster. Whether or not you agree with the decision or not, I think we can all agree on the messaging and how they have handled things. Uh, and it's continued to be that way. And so that, that makes it that much worse. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of parents around the Big Ten and a lot of student athletes. Uh, they're not ready to give up just quite yet. And I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of time between now and, uh, you know, the January 1. And it, something's going to happen in that time. You know, are we going to see maybe some of these Big Ten uh, players get together and start to do some seven-on-seven tournaments? Are we going to see some maybe some fall pro days where these guys are going to be able to work out in front of some NFL teams? We're going to see something because there's just there's too much time that has to pass before we get to the spring. And so I do 100% believe we will see something, but just not having football on Saturdays where – you know, I'll be able to watch Alabama LSU, but I won't be able to watch anybody in the Big Ten. That's just that's a tough pill to swallow. Sean Wade's dad has come out and said that if the NFL pushes things back on their calendar, there would be a consideration to play in the spring. Obviously, Ohio State fans know that their best players are all NFL draft eligible and that the decision to play or not is seriously affected by that. Mm-hmm. Could you see any way the NFL would do that, meaning move the schedule to accommodate those playing what would be a January 1 schedule? Yeah, I think they would. Um, I, I, just because and they have to do it within, I think it's before like the first week in June, because that's you know, according to the CBA and certain things like that when, when certain camps are scheduled. So, I, you know, I, I, they could move it back maybe a month, month, maybe a month and a half. Um, and, but even then, I think if you're the NFL, you have to really look at it and say, okay, well, even if we do push back our calendar, it, will it Justin Fields play in the spring or is he going to say, you know what, I'm just better off preparing for the draft, going to, uh, you know, prepping for the combine, things like that. So it, even if they do make that decision, uh, you know, how many of the players will actually take advantage of that, try and play in the spring and how many will just opt out for the draft anyways? And so then for the NFL, does it, is it even worth it to do it? So there's a lot of things to be worked out. Um, and I, I do think the NFL will be uh, cooperative. I, you know, because this affects their scouts as well. You know, it, it affects uh, you know, their employees. Uh, their scouts have to be able to uh, understand who these players are. These teams, these personnel departments, they have to be able to fully understand if we're drafting a player. Because it's, And it's not just Ohio State. Ohio State is the king of the Big Ten and by far the most talented roster in that conference. But Penn State has plenty of talented players who could be first-round picks. In my top 50, I think they had three or four in my top uh, 25 alone. Uh, you know, Michigan's got a few guys. Uh, you know, you, you look at Iowa, they've got a few guys that have a chance. So it's not just Ohio State. It's, it's several in the Big Ten, several in the Pac-12. And for NFL teams to fully understand who these players are, yes, we have last year's tape, but a lot has transpired since then. And so to fully understand who they are drafting, it would really behoove the NFL to consider moving it back. So it, everything is on the table at this point. We're going to break down some individual Buckeyes here and then talk a little more general. Let's start with the top, Justin Fields. Where do you have him? Have you moved Trey Lance past him like some other guys? Obviously, there's three quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance that have drawn all the praise early. Yeah, and I received a lot of, uh, a lot of notes from Ohio State fans when I 
uh, came out with my quarterback preview uh, back uh, just around the 4th of July. And Trevor Lawrence was one, and I had Trey Lance two, Justin Fields three. And, you know, I received a lot of messages from Buckeye fans just, you know, really not happy with that, and, and that's okay. Uh, Justin Fields, I, I like a lot. I mean, I am really impressed with uh, a lot of his game, his confidence, his composure. Uh, he's a well-built kid. He's tough. He stands tall in the pocket. He's got good arm talent. Um, I, I think that the one, my one takeaway from watching the Ohio State film is I was more impressed with Ryan Day than I was Justin Fields. And that's not necessarily taking away anything from Fields. It's more just how impressed I was with Ryan Day and his scheme, his formations, his uh, play calling and understanding of what the defense is trying to do and what he can do to counteract that. Just so, so impressed with Ryan Day. So, I mean, that's great news for Ohio State fans moving forward. Uh, but I wanted to be more impressed with Fields uh, than maybe the, the play calling. Um, you know, he's, he's still a novice at playing quarterback position. And, you know, that, that's how good he was. He was in the Heisman conversation, and he still has so much room to grow. So I, I have a lot of uh, you know, admiration for his ceiling and what he could be. Um, he just has to get there. And I want to see more of that before, you know, we t start talking about him in the NFL. And unfortunately we might not get that. Um, and it's just really too bad. I think he benefits from a very good supporting cast, you know, last year with uh, JK Dobbins, all those receivers, um, the offensive line, uh, which I thought was going to be a, a weak spot for them entering the season. The offensive line really stepped up uh, and was a big part of that team last year. Um, you know, with Justin Fields, I want to see better anticipation. I want to see better field vision. And I think he will get there. It's just he needs those on-field reps. And so, you know, only one season of college experience, uh, that's what it's looking like since he barely played as a freshman at Georgia. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to play much now as a junior. Um, so just one year, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow. And it, it's a similar conversation with Trey Lance. Uh, you know, he had one season at the college level, and he did versus FCS competition. So uh, you know, there's it's a, it's an interesting conversation between those two. But if Fields were able to play this year, I really thought he could uh, try to unseat Trevor Lawrence for that top pick. Uh, and unfortunately, it's just probably not going to have the opportunity to do that this year. The most important decision on a player returning for the Buckeyes was Sean Wade. His return to the defense, to me, solidified their national championship or status. He's not going to get a chance to show that he can play on the outside. He's, I thought he established himself as the premier slot corner. You know, with the two first-rounders on the outside, didn't play on the, a lot on the outside. Do you think that would affect his draft stock? I mean, I think it has to because just NFL teams don't have a sample size of him playing on the outside. And so, um, you know, if you're looking at him as a slot only corner, then that's going to affect the possible landing spots for you. Now, if you were able to play this year, I mean, he was going to play outside. And if he showed that he could do it at a high level, uh, even maybe even better than as an inside corner, then all of a sudden his uh, draft stock goes way up because he's scheme versatile. He doesn't have to play in one spot. He doesn't have to come off the field in certain situations. He can play anywhere. So with Sean Wade, and I actually think his skill set, when you break it down, I think he's better suited to play outside because he's not a, that quick twitch sudden athlete like, uh, like Marcus Lattimore was. Um, uh, you know, he wasn't that, uh, you know, guy that was just overly sudden and, and, and is not that type of athlete. He's big, he's physical, uh, he's got ball skills. 
And he's not a bad athlete by any means. I mean, he can mirror and match up and down the field. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think he's actually better suited outside. It's just NFL teams won't have that opportunity to see it. Now, what could work out in his favor is he's a recent graduate um, at, at Ohio State. So he will be eligible for the Senior Bowl whenever that happens in the spring. And so he could go there, show that he could uh, work on the outside. And if he has a good week, then all of a sudden Sean Wade is, you know, being talked about in that top 20, top 15 conversation. So just a really unfortunate missed opportunity for him, a really good player. This is why he came back to prove that he could play anywhere on the field. And, and it's just unfortunate he won't be able to do it. Two guys that I really think were going to be first-round draft picks, but I guess had some more to prove, would have been early entries, or will be. That's Wyatt Davis and Chris Olave. How do you feel about them? Yeah, Wyatt Davis, I, he was the best uh, interior offensive lineman that I scouted um, uh, during the summer. Um, he just – and I don't even think that he has any one elite trait. Like, he's not the most powerful guy out there. He's not the quickest guy out there. Um, you know, he's just he's, – his size is good, not great. But he's good across the board, everything. I don't think he has a true weak spot. Uh, he's very good with his hands. He's very smart. Um, he understands uh, how to tie up defenders using his technique. He has, uh, he understands how to get the upper hand with his striking power, with his timing. Uh, he's very efficient as a puller. We can get to the perimeter. He can take out guys on the move. So, you know, I, I think he could play uh, either of the guard spots. And I think you plug him in as, in the NFL and he's going to start for you for a long time. I don't know that he'll ever maybe be an all pro type of guard, but I think he's going to start for over a decade in the NFL and just be a really quality player who shows up and does his job. So Wyatt Davis, I think is in that late first round conversation. And then Chris Olave, he's, he's a little different. You know, the feedback I've gotten from NFL scouts is he's more of a second. Some even have him as a third round pick, but uh, you know, and I, I think that part of that is because this is a, another really strong wide receiver class um, and, you know, it's just the, the chemistry that him and uh, Justin Fields showed last year was so much fun. Um, and Olave is one of those guys that he's going to put in the work and he's going to develop that chemistry no matter what. He had it with, Jay, or with uh, Dwayne Haskins the year before. And, you know, you watch him and he's not the most physically intimidating guy. I mean, he's probably a buck 90. Um, you know, the, you, you do worry a little bit about just the power at the point of attack and being out muscled. But his, he's so good at understanding how to play the position. He wins early because of his releases. His routes are very impressive. He's got a very swift stride to him. He's not just a pure burner who's going to accelerate and just run past guys, but he's very swift with his strides, and that helps him maintain separation. And then maybe what I loved most about him, his hand technique at the catch point. He's so good, so savvy. Uh, finding ways to finish. Uh, the ball rarely touches the ground at, when he's targeted. So just a really quality player. And so if I'm an NFL team and I'm able to get Chris Olave in the early second round, I consider that a win because I think that's a little bit later than he should go. I think right now he's on the borderline as being a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But I, all I know is he's a really good receiver. So the guys we just talked about, while their stock could go up, they are already uh, looking at Sunday football. Of the other draft-eligible prospects or guys that could be draft-eligible on the Buckeyes roster, who do you think is most affected by the shutdown? Well, there's definitely a few. Um, and one that I immediately think of is Baron Browning, who, you know, a former five-star guy. And you, you think of all those five-stars 
that uh, Ohio State had from that what was it, 2017 class. Uh, you know, they went all over the country and showed that they can recruit, you know, they're a national brand, a national brand with who they were able to bring in. Uh, they go into Texas and they get a J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, they go to Florida, they get a Sean Wade. And I think so they had five five star recruits in that class. Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, uh, both were top three picks last year. Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis. We just talked about those two guys. Uh, they have a, a good chance to be first round picks next year. And then the fifth guy was Baron Browning, and he hasn't been as productive uh, as the other four that we, we just talked about. And he's probably the least proven of the group, but the light bulb's kind of coming on more and more and more as he gets more playing time. Just a really impressive specimen, 6'2", almost 240 pounds, really good athlete, long arms, plays with range. Uh, just the, the athletic profile that he brings is outstanding. And so this was kind of his year. Uh, Ohio State's linebacker group has been really crowded uh, lately. This is going to be Baron Browning's year as a senior to step up, prove that he could be a senior or that he could be a starter and uh, never leave the field, play in coverage, play the run. Uh, needed to get a little bit better with his play recognition. But all, everything was there for Baron Browning to uh, show that he is a top 50 type of player in this draft. And unfortunately, without this senior year, uh, it, it's just, it becomes anybody's guess about where he's going to land. You know, is he going to fall uh, into the middle rounds? Could he still be somewhere in that second, third round range? It's a tough call because I still think it's more potential than anything with Baron Browning. Uh, just a really good physical uh, specimen uh, that just needs some more work. Uh, you know, you feel for a guy like Jonathan Cooper, who, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, sat out games, made sure he only played in four games. I mean, what a decision that must have been for him uh, to sit out the Big Ten championship game, to, to sit out the Fiesta Bowl and watch it from the sidelines just so he could come back for one last hurrah. And now it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, you know, these guys and something that I think needs to be said is if they, any of these guys want to, they can return and, you know, the, for the 2021 season that, that, that is on the table for them, but for, it's just a tough decision to make Jonathan Cooper. I mean, that coming back for a sixth year, that that's tough. Baron Browning coming back for a fifth year. It, th those aren't easy decisions. And so just really feel for a guy like <clears throat> Jonathan Cooper who uh, won't be able to show why he sat out last year. Now that he's fully healthy, um, you know, show that he can be uh, an NFL uh, level type of prospect. So really feel for a guy like that. Uh, Thayer Munford probably in that conversation as well. Uh, opinions are all over the map on him. I talked to some scouts who think he's a fourth rounder. Some scouts think he's a seventh rounder. Um, and it's just, it's all over. He, he needs to do a better job because uh, he does have a little, his feet are a little heavy. He'll let blockers get underneath him. Just needs to do a better job uh, in terms of his balance, in terms of settling down, using that strong upper body that he has to control the point of attack. Um, so he still has several things that he needs to work on. And, you know, it's just a, it's an unfortunate thing, a situation for these guys because there's a lot of talent. It's just they needed a little more production, a little more uh, proven tape for NFL teams to fully be on board with them. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding football. There is certainty when it comes to the NFL draft, and that is Dane Brugler will be on point. He is always incredibly gracious with his time. Dane, I cannot thank you enough, bud. Always, anytime. And I, I hope this fall gets a little bit better for all of us. Uh, you know, it's, it's so uncertain, but, you know, it's, it's a little cathartic talking about these players. It's, you know, talking about how, how talented they are. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, find a little bit of peace here uh, throughout the fall.
baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.